Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Are you ready for the Bible? All right, so Mark chapter 8, verse 34 and 35 says this. Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, and whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. If you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself and take up your cross. You're like, oh, I like where he's going. All right, let's pray. Father, we love you and we worship you today. Lord, coming and honoring you and worshiping you, Lord, is just such a win. You're worthy of our worship, worthy of our devotion, our love. And I thank you, Lord, for that promise that we're not alone and uh, that we're never alone, God, that you're there. Thank you that you never leave us, you never forsake us. Lord, I just ask you to comfort those who needed that song today. Lord, they needed to sing those words and believe those words today. Bless and encourage them. And Lord, as we get into your word today, we open up our hearts and we just say, all of us want to hear from you. We want to grow and learn in you and we trust you to speak to each one of us even as you speak to all of us. And I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what you've put in my heart to share today. Um, Lord, I thank you, depend on you, honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. I gotta say, I've always been fascinated by people who are willing to make like really extraordinary sacrifices um, to follow Jesus because there's just people on the planet that like what they've done to say yes to Jesus has just been amazing. I, I remember about 15 years ago, um, I started getting acquaint, acquainted with a friend who's a very close friend now who does missionary work in Central Asia. And a lot of you know that missionary and their family, and they do a bunch of underground work um, in Muslim countries. And this guy, like, before 9-11 was in Afghanistan, in, um, even after 9-11 was in Afghanistan, and in, like, remote villages raising his children and sharing Christ in these Muslim places where they've never heard uh, the gospel. And I'm, like, mesmerized by it. I'm like, that is sacrifice with a capital S, right? It made me feel like any sacrifice I've ever made pales in comparison. And, you know, decisions like this to say yes to the Lord and to make sacrifices to the Lord have been going on for centuries and centuries and centuries. And today, my question, and I'm going to come back to this a few times today, is what is your yes? What is the thing that Jesus is asking you personally to say yes to. My friend's yes was Afghanistan, but there is a yes in your life, and I want you to be thinking about that and asking the Lord, am I saying yes to the thing that you've asked me to say yes to? Amen? So to do that, we're going to go into Genesis chapter 12 this morning, and we're going to look at our father of faith, Abraham, who said yes uh, on many occasions in his life. And his first yes that's recorded is in Genesis chapter 12. And in Genesis 12, 1, it says this. The Lord said to Abram, go. Would you all say go? go? Well, not like literally go, but we're just saying, okay. Go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. 
I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will put holes in their tires. I'm sorry. I will curse any, anyone who curses you, I will curse, and all peoples on earth, all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went. As the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. His, he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. Abraham's yes was to leave his land, his people, and go somewhere to the land God would show him. Not a lot of information there. Pretty ambiguous. I don't know about you, but like, I'd have some questions, right? So what's the climate like where we're going, right? Um, is there a good coffee shop? Uh, will there be high-speed internet? Amen. I mean, like, I would have some questions like, um, what happens once we get there? Like, you've told me to go and we're going somewhere, but what happens when we get there? Uh, knowing the story, I would have definitely asked, how long will it take? Um, but in Christianity, the reality is you don't need to know all the details. There were not enough amens to that. Let me give you another shot at it. But in Christianity, you can at least act like you agree. You don't need to know all the details. But you do need to hold on to the promise. You don't need to know all the details about the future. Knowing the details removes the element of faith, and without faith, it's impossible to please God, as it says in, in Hebrews eleven six. Like There is a faith element that God is not trying to remove from your life. He is not just trying to make it so that you know everything. He gives you a book. You just follow it, and there's pictures of like what's going to happen. Oh, there's me at that. Oh, and that's going to happen. That's not how it works, y'all. There's some ambiguity. There's some like, stuff that you don't know, and it's on purpose. Because if we knew it all, we wouldn't depend on him. If we knew it all, we would not ask him. We would just go and be our own gods and figure it all out. You see, with the ambiguity and with the I don't know what lies ahead of me, there's a promise attached as well. And we'll, we'll get to that more in a moment. We call this interaction between God and Abraham the Abrahamic covenant. And a covenant is a contract that God writes, but he writes all sides of the contract. He writes his side of the contract, our side of the contract, and he doesn't necessarily put it this way, but it's actually take it or leave it, right? Like you can have it or you can say no. You can say yes or you can say no. The requirement for Abraham was to leave his people and go to a land that God would show him. The promise was that God would make Abraham into a great nation, which was significant because his wife was barren and she was 75, y'all. She was not a spring chicken. God would take care of Abraham. Was part, that was part of the, of the covenant. And, you know, that's part of your covenant with the Lord is that he'll take care of you. Today we were singing part of the covenant that I am not alone. Why? Because he said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And he is of his word, Right? So God said, I will take care of you. you. You do this thing. You follow after me. You follow after my plan. I will take care of you, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. And he makes him this promise. All people on earth, this is quite a promise, 
Everyone on the planet will be blessed because of you. Then later on in Genesis 26, the Lord gives a little bit more explanation and he says, well, what's going to happen is through your seed, S-E-E-D, through your seed, everyone is going to be blessed. All nations will be blessed. Then in the New Testament, it gets developed just a little bit more and it says that that seed is Jesus, y'all. That in Galatians 3, it says that Jesus is the seed and he is the one who that Abrahamic covenant came through and blessed all people who would receive Jesus as their Lord. Y'all, that is, this Abrahamic covenant, this interact, Siri's trying to preach for me. Um, (laughs) Your AI can't do that. Um, What started with Abraham had to do with you. What started with Abraham had to do with the plan for Christianity and following Jesus in the first place. God was asking big of Abraham, but God had big plans for humanity. All in his heart. Abraham's yes made him the father of our faith. His yes impacted generations and the entire world. Through Abraham, we got Isaac, and then we got Jacob, and Jacob had the 12 tribes of Israel, and through the 12 tribes of Israel, we have Jesus, who is our Savior. His yes meant so much. And Jesus... John 1.12 says, Yet to all who receive him, talking about Jesus, those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children not born of natural descent nor of a human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Is saying that through Jesus we have this opportunity to be born again and become children of the Lord. Because our first yes has to be Jesus. Our first yes is to follow him and to say yes. But coming back to your yes, your yes impacts not just you, but it impacts people around you and it impacts the generations after us. So what is your yes? The challenge is we can compare ourselves among ourselves and we can can begin to think, well, uh, and we can get really afraid. I don't know about you, you but I, I, I was afraid in, when I was young about what God would ask me for. Anybody here been ever, ever afraid? How much is this going to cost me? How much time is this going to, where am I going to have, like, you start to ask questions. My biggest fear when I was nine years old was that God was going to call me to be a missionary who was unmarried in the middle of Africa in a mud hut with people that I didn't know their language. That was my fear. I was I was afraid. I was like, because I just knew it was an all-in kind of thing. And if I said yes, what if he asked me for that? But there were some lessons that I needed to learn along the way about God's nature and about what he would ask me for and about what he would prepare me for. The funny thing is, years later, Jeremy Parker and I took a uh, missions trip to Niger, Africa, and we went out into the bush one day, and I stuck my head into a, a mud hut, and the Lord just reminded me in that moment, remember that fear? Here you are. Yeah, you, you're good. You're good. And I was having the time of my life. Jeremy was microwaving my underwear. You'll have to ask him about that. I'm telling half the story, but it's a part of the privilege, I guess. It's not as gross. He was actually trying to look out for me. Um, all right, I've got to explain it now because it's just, it's getting too weird without the other information. So they hung out our clothes to dry because we did not have our, our, um, our luggage. And um, 
they told this story about how like animals or bugs will come and plant their eggs in, in st- that's hanging. And Jeremy could see that I was a little put out about that, and that like a little gross. And so Jeremy got this idea of, well, if I microwave his underwear, it, there won't be any bug eggs in his underwear. I'm really sorry. You did ask, kind of. Um, <laughs> so he microwaved my underwear. When we told the missionaries we were staying with what happened, the lady was like, She's kind of like, I may never use that microwave again. Um, (laughs) Just when you thought the story was gross, it went further. I want to show you something about Abraham's yes. We're going to come back to your yes. That's really fascinating to me in this story. In Genesis 15, we started off in Genesis 12 today. In Genesis 15, um, Abraham is discouraged about the covenant. And he's, he's frustrated, and he and, he and the Lord are, are having a conversation because Sarah has not had any children. She's really getting older. And I don't know if you, you've ever seen, wondered, like, God, are you going to hold up your side of the bargain? And that's where Abraham was. God, you spoke this thing to me. You said this thing to me. I've said yes. I've come out here. But I haven't seen it yet. And so Abraham's having a heart-to-heart with the Lord. And Abraham responds well in this crisis of faith, and it says that his faith is credited as righteousness. And in the midst of this, there's this sentence in Genesis 15, 7, it says, he also said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land and take possession of it. Here's the thing. Abraham didn't leave Ur of the, Chal- uh, of the Chaldees, I should say, or Chaldeans. He left a place called Haran, H-A-R-R-A-N. But the Lord says, I brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. So here's what happened. Way back in chapter 11, before we got to chapter 12, where God comes to Abraham and says, Abraham, I want you to go to a land you don't know. What happened in chapter 11, in the last part, in verse 31, it talks about his dad, Terah. Terah, excuse me. Terah took his son Abraham, his grandson Lot, from Haram, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abram, And together they set out from where? Ur of the Chaldeans. To go to where? Oh man, this is getting interesting. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Now, rewind just a bit. Follow me here. Abraham is told, go somewhere. I'm not going to tell you where. Where does he end up? Canaan. Right? Later on in chapter 15, it says, I brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Well, Canaan... Um, the, um, excuse me, Ur of the Chaldeans is where Abraham's father brought them out. And it says that he was headed to Canaan, but he didn't get there. He only got to Haran, and they settled their family there. Which is very interesting, because Scripture doesn't articulate why Terah Tara didn't do this. Like, why didn't he go all the way to Canaan? Why did he stop halfway? Y'all following me? Like, I don't, why did he stop halfway? So there's some things that we can know. And when Scripture doesn't tell us, we got to be careful because we shouldn't make stuff up. Amen? Let's not make stuff up, right? We can do our research and all that kind of stuff. One thing we do know is that Taran, uh, Tara, he definitely had some kind of pre- prophetic sense of where God was calling this family. It's just far too coincidental that he's headed to Canaan, the very place that Israel would, would inhabit, right? That Abraham and all, all of his people... So one of two things happened. Either Terah was called by God and his family to go to Canaan, and his yes turned into a no 
along the way. It's either that. Or Terah was called by God to get his family out of Ur of the Chaldeans, but, and, uh, and he had this prophetic sense of where they were heading, but the Lord would not let him go into the land because it was for his son, not for him. And that happened scripturally because King David, he wanted to, uh, later on, centuries later, he wanted to go build the temple for the Lord. He's like, why should my house be so great and I not build a temple for you? And he's like, I'm going to build it. And the Lord said, no, your son Solomon's going to build this, not you. So this is entirely possible and we don't really know. We'll have to interview Tara, Tara when we get to heaven and say, so what's up? Did you say no to the Lord or did you fulfill your your, um, the thing that God called you to do. I'm so curious. Did it, was his yes actually a yes and he got where he was supposed to be or was it, did his yes become a no? But I'll tell you this, in both scenarios, it impacted his family. Yeah. Our yeses that turn into no's will impact our family. Right? That's, that's tough. That's tough to realize that our yeses that become no's can impact the people around us. Now, we have a God who redeems, amen? We've got a God of plan B, C, D, E, and F, and we know that his plan is going to come to pass, amen? So we, we don't have to wonder if we have, you know, messed up the kilter of the universe and like, have we, are they going to have to go rewrite revelations because of us? You're good. But doesn't that make you want to do your part? And if Taryn's yes was exactly the yes, doesn't that make you want to get your family where they're supposed to be? And say, let my family be where it's supposed to be and get them where they're supposed to be so that the next one who says yes, it can carry on? There's a, curi- there's a curious thing in me that goes, if it was actually Tara, T-E-R-A-H, if Tara, if it was his call, did his call go to Abraham because he said No. I don't know. I'm curious kind of thing. And the fact that God called Abraham and not Lot, and then later on they, they drop Lot off and said, okay, we're, we're going on without you. God was very focused on getting Abraham to that land. And if Terah, and this is a lot of ifs, and I recognize, if it was Terah's call, we would, not, um, we would not be talking about our father Abraham. We would be talking about our father Terah. All of that is very interesting to me. And I don't know the answer. But what I do know is that our yes matters and that our no matters. And that there's an impact to generations behind us and that your yes is going to make a difference around you. And the fact is, God has a specific journey for you. And so my question for you is, what is your yes? And it's really not one, right? But what is your yes? What is the thing that God is asking of you in your life? It could be to go somewhere. It could be to stay somewhere. It could be to speak up. It could be to quiet down. It could be to be generous in a circumstance. What is your yes? You know, when I look at the call of my friends who are missionaries in, in Central Asia, and I look at the risk and some of the things that they've done, and they've lost friends to the Taliban, so many friends that, that have been murdered and things like that over the years, and I'm like, whoa, I, I think in my mind, like, I could not do that. And I remember once I was talking with my friend about this, and I said, I don't think I could do what you're called to do. And he said, Mike, if you were called to do it, God would give you a grace so that you could say yes. 
And that's the thing you've got to remember. Whatever he asks you to do, there's a grace there for you to grab and do it on your own. In our uh, Bible study this morning, one of the things we were talking about is, listen, you can't do this thing on your own. Your yes, you cannot even execute it on your own. We've looked at Peter who said, I'll never leave you or deny you. How did that work out, right? Failure because he wanted to do it in his own strength. So your yes has to be coupled with his grace. Your yes has to be coupled with his enablement. You can't go yes and just go maverick and think you're going to do this. You have to depend on him. That's why a little ambiguity is good for us. Because it keeps us asking. It keeps us in relationship. It keeps us seeking. I remember, um, I think it was about 2015 or so, um, I went to Trinidad to help out with a pastor's conference. And um, while I was there, um, I was feeling kind of guilty because I was thinking about Elizabeth back home um, with the kids. And just like, you know, she's got these four kids, and here I am in this island in Trinidad, you know, ministering to, to these, um, these pastors and stuff like that. And I was like, you ever been somewhere but you feel split? And that's what I felt. And I was praying, and I was seeking the Lord, and, I, and, and the Lord just spoke to me, and he's just like, I need you to be present. I need you to be here. And, and he said to me, he said, listen, if you will travel when I show you to travel, when I show you to travel, he said, I will take care of your family. You take care of my business, and I will take care of your business. Your business. And I realized that like my yes needed to be a full yes and know the boundaries of that yes. My yes was to what he was saying and not to, the ex- not to anything extra, but that in my yes needed to be a real yes. I needed to be all in. Maybe you've said yes to the Lord, but you're only about 75% in and miserable about it. Stop it, right? Like, like just be all in with the yes. Know the boundaries of your yes and go all in with that yes. Let me say it again. For those of you online, I know all, everybody watching online was like, amen, like right to the television, the dog's going, who are you talking to? But in here, it was like crickets. Um, <laughs> instead of making your yes 80%, go all in with your yes and be committed to it, right? Like just, just make your yes a yes and see what happens. Because if you, your yes is 80%, I guarantee you it's going to be harder. But like, just go all in. And if you miss it, if you're like, well, that wasn't it. I must have got something wrong. At least you got something wrong trying to say yes to the Lord. I would rather say, I would rather fail saying yes to the Lord than anything else. I would rather know in my heart, at least I was trying to say what yes to what I believe the Lord was saying. Tell you what, that promise that the Lord made me all those years ago, that, um, I've remembered that promise, and there's been times in my life where I've reminded the Lord. I've said, Lord, you said you would take care of my family, and I'm calling upon that promise right now. Amen? These promises. There, there is a sacrifice involved in following Jesus. And can I tell you, it is our honor and privilege to make sacrifices to follow the Lord Jesus. The, this sacrifice isn't a Oh, man, what is he going to ask me to do? No, it's our privilege. Early Christians, man, they wanted to be martyrs. They were like, it would be an honor to be a martyr. I'm like, you go, bro. You do that. But the concept of saying yes is a privilege, and Jesus led by example. Mark 8, verse 31. 
he began to teach them that the Son of Man, this is Jesus teaching about himself, that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this, and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But Jesus turned and looked at the disciples. He rebuked Peter. A lot of rebuking going on. Um, Get behind me, Satan. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Jesus, his yes was to come to this planet to take on humanity. His yes was to live this life that he lived for us. And his yes was to go and give his life up on the cross for you and for me. Jesus is not asking you for anything that he wasn't willing to to do for himself, for the Father. Peter tried to talk him out of it. And this is important for us. Y'all, we can have well-intentioned family and friends try to dissuade us from following God. No, that sacrifice is too big. That thing, you know, that's crazy. Now, you're getting a little fanatical about this Jesus now. Like, you, you know, let's moderate what you're saying. You need to be practical. But sometimes it's because they're feeling guilty about their no. And they want to hold you back from your yes. Now, I'm not encouraging you to go make stuff up. Don't, don't make yeses to things God hasn't asked you to do. That's not going to end well. Don't you go try to impress the Lord, like making up yeses. But you know when the Lord is asking you to, go, to say yes to something and be led by it and go. And the scripture continues, and what Jesus does is now in the scripture, he's going to talk to the crowd before he was just talking to his disciples. Mark 8, 34 says, Then he called the crowd among them and his disciples, and he said, Whoever wants to be my disciple, he's talking to a crowd, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. And take up their cross and follow me. Do you see what the scripture just did? He was talking about going to a physical cross. And now what he is saying to the crowd is if you want to be my disciple, you need to say yes as well. You need to deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for this gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when, his father, when he comes in his Father's glory with his holy angels. I really love how the Scripture just plainly says, like, if you are just trying to maintain your own life, it's not going to work. But if you will just lose your life, Here's the thing, you have got to trust. You've got to trust that what he asks you, he will empower you for and is good for you and good for others and good for the generations around you. Sometimes sacrifice is just sacrifice. It's not what you want, but there is a grace for it. But if you don't trust your father in heaven, you will not be able to say yes to him because you'll be afraid of what he'll ask you. And that was my problem when I was young. I was afraid of what he would ask me to do. And the reality, there's a lot of people who are sitting on the fence and saying, I, I, I know God is real and I know his love for me is real. I'm just afraid of what he's going to ask me to do. Am I talking to the right people? Can I just encourage you? Stop being afraid. Because your yes will be the greatest ride of your life. 
It'll be the greatest adventure of your life when you say yes to the Lord because you will see things that you will not have seen otherwise. And you'll see parts of, his, of God's character and nature and be on the front lines of what he is doing. And that is just the most exciting part of this journey is watching God work. But what is your yes? What is he asking you? Is there something where you have resisted him and said, I, I don't think I can say yes? Or is there a fear? Do you have a fear that he, there's something specific that you're afraid that he's going to ask you? Can I give you a cheating prayer? Ask him to help you with your fear. Or if there's a place where you're resisting, ask him to help soften your heart. Say, God, I want to say yes, but I can't. Help me with my heart. Help me. Because he, he's not trying to resist you. He is trying to bring you in to the fullness of what he has. And the thing is, is it's not always easy for some of our yeses. For Abraham, it was a long road. It was a difficult road for him. And he would say, God, Sarah's not even pregnant. And you, you follow that story and like he tried to make some stuff up. That did not work out good. Like, you read that story and you're like, that's watching like Netflix stuff right there. I mean, that's M.A. I mean, it's rough. Um, his yes, he didn't even see the fruit of it early. And you know what God did one night? He's like, hey, Abraham, look at the stars. All right, I'm looking at the stars. You see, you can't even count them. He says, I'm going to give you so many children in your heritage, you, you can't even count how many stars. Like, what, there, you don't even comprehend how much I'm going to fulfill my part of this. And this is where you get to a, another realm in your faith. Are you ready for it? Is when you are okay with your yes blessing the generation behind you rather than the generation you live in. That is maturity. Because it says that Abraham is just looking for a city and builder who is God. It got to the end of his life, and you know what he was looking for? He was looking forward to heaven, and it says these died not having seen their promise, but the generations behind them received the promise of the Lord. What if you're, the prayers that you're praying, what if the yes that you're saying yes to right now, what if you didn't even get to see the fruit, but the generations behind you saw it? Now that's living. That's living. I just want to encourage you for your yes. And I guarantee you, there is a grace of God, an empowerment of God for the yes that he has for you. He's not going to ask you for something and not empower you to do it. That's part of the journey is him helping you along the way. Would you stand with me today? I just want to encourage you with your yes. And, and, and we're going to take a moment and we're going to pray. And, pray. and um, I'm going to have the prayer team come up so that for those who who'd like some prayer today, you can receive some prayer. Maybe the yes that you need to make today is your yes to Jesus. Do you need your pedal? Okay, cool. You thought ahead. Um, maybe your yes today is that you need to say yes to Jesus. That first step of just being all in. You're just saying, Jesus, I will follow you. Jesus, I'm all in. That first step for some of us is the hardest step. But you know, Life changes when you ask Jesus into your life. And the reason is, is because he gives you his Holy Spirit. You become born again and life is different when you are fully in with Jesus. And if that's a decision that you, you need to make, that's your yes today, 
I, I want you to come and seek me out because I want to pray with you. It's the greatest decision you'll ever make. My day was May 5th, 1992, and it changed everything asking the Lord into my life. If you're a believer today and you're going, you know what? I've been afraid of what he would ask me for. Maybe you just need to pray about the fear. Or maybe today you feel inspired and you're like, yes, I'm going to say yes to this thing I've been saying no to. And it's just going to take the courage of saying yes. I just encourage you to like make a landmark of it. Write a journal. Talk to somebody close to you and say, this is my yes. Like make it verbal. Don't just make it personal. Because if you just make it personal, what can happen is a week goes by, two weeks goes by, and the enemy steals that thing from you. Let your yes be a public yes. Let somebody know, this is my yes. I've been saying no. I've been delaying the decision. This is my yes. I just want to encourage you. All in is the way to go. All in. And here's the thing. God is going to be faithful to us. He is more faithful to us than we are to him. Amen? And I'm thankful that when life gets really hard, life gets really difficult, I just go to him in confidence and I say, say, I know that you're going to take care of me. And I know that you're going to take care of my family. You withheld nothing from me. I want to withhold nothing from you. Isn't he worthy of it? So worthy of it. Let's pray. Father, we love you today. Jesus, we are inspired by the yeses that you've put in people's hearts. So inspired. And Lord, you're not asking us for Abraham's yes. You're not asking us for your son Jesus's yes. You're not asking us for the neighbor beside us, their yes. It's just our yes. Lord, would you help us? Would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to access that empowerment of the Spirit to follow through with our yes? And Lord, in the process, may we draw closer and closer and closer to you. God, our hearts cry. We want to say yes. Would you say that word with me? Yes. Jesus, we just say yes. We love you. We worship you. You are worthy of it all. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to victorychristian.church.